This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Infringing on our rights or a necessary step to reduce impaired driving. Mandatory alcohol screening takes effect December 18th. It will allow police across the country to demand a breath sample from any driver they lawfully stop, not just if they suspect a driver has been drinking alcohol. The roadside test could justify further investigation, including more elaborate testing at a police station. I want to hear from you on this, and I suspect you're going to agree with this new enforcement, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Joining us for the discussion, Toronto criminal lawyer Ari Goldkind, Greg Thompson with Victim Services at MAD Ottawa, and Toronto Police Sergeant Alex Cruz has stuck around here at the Zoomerplex uh, to join in this conversation. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Ari, let's get to that first question with your legal expertise. Does this stepped-up effort to catch impaired drivers infringe on our civil rights in any way? Well, I don't know if you want my answer to it, or do you want the <laughs> defense bar answer to it, because those are two different things. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. It's just a dirty little secret of impaired driving. You know what, Ari? Your phone line is not that good. Is there any way you can... Uh, you can't hear me? That's, that's a little better. Go ahead. Okay. This is the purpose, which is impaired driving, is where all the money is made in my profession. And you will hear a lot of challenges to this. There will be all sorts of charter challenges and civil rights issues at the defense bar, and I have tremendous respect for my colleagues. But the truth is, this is a cottage industry. So for any of your listeners who remember, when that magician went on Fox years ago to reveal all the secrets of magic, this is the same thing. There's nothing unconstitutional about this. There is nothing inappropriate about this. However, this is tremendous. It's for defense dollars. They've been taken away, in short, for what I mean is defense will constantly challenge this. Okay, Ari, Ari, I'm going to, if you can hang up, I'll get Michelle to call you back because we've got a bad line. And then we can, okay. we can hear you better because I always enjoy hearing what you're saying. So I don't want to have to strain to hear you. <laughs> Okay, so let, let's go to, to Greg while we get back, Ari back on a better line. Uh, you're coming at sure. this with the, the effort to reduce drinking and driving, so this effort could really have a positive effect. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and just to put some context around that, uh, you know, in a country like ours, for impaired driving to be the number one criminal cause of death, probably by twofold still, um, just doesn't make any sense. It's fully preventable. Um, and, you know, the interesting part about this is, is this process isn't new. It's just new to Canada. If you go around the world, so many other jurisdictions have impl- implemented this years ago um, with great success. And, you know, one of the, the great case studies is Ireland. Uh, in 2006, they had 18,000 impaired driving charges in a year. They implemented this. Uh, mandatory breath testing 
and in by 2015 that had dropped to 7,000 charges. So the real key to this is the deterrent piece of it. The messaging is that you cannot get away with this now, and it works. That's a 60 some odd percent drop in charges. Wow, that is that is evidence for sure. I, I want to yep. direct the next question to the sergeant. So explain for us the way the rule is now and how it will change from the officer's point of view. Certainly. So right now, I have to have what's called reasonable suspicion that you have alcohol in your body before I can make a demand that you provide a sample of your breath into a roadside screening device. Now that demand is I can smell alcohol in your breath. Your eyes are red. Have you been drinking today, sir, ma'am? Yes, I have. Okay, then I read a demand. Lawfully, you have to provide that sample. The new legislation is as long as I stop you for a lawful purpose. So I stop you for an expired validation sticker or you don't have your lights on. Uh, You may have rolled through a stop sign. I I approach you, uh, sir, uh, ma'am, I would like you to provide a sample of your breath into the roadside. I don't have to have reasonable suspicion to believe that you have alcohol in your body in order to to do this roadside screen device test. Now, we have uh, concerns expressed by the Canadian Civil Liberties Association that this mandatory alcohol screening will unfairly affect racial minorities who evidence will show are disproportionately singled out by police for traffic stops. How do you react to that, Sergeant? So it has to be random. There can't be a pattern. So the whole idea is, again, you have to stop the individual for a lawful purpose in order for you to be able to do this roadside screening device test. So there has to be a reason that you pull them over. Exactly. Now, do we have Ari back on the line? We do. Okay. Oh, that sounds better already. Uh, so pick up, pick up where you left off there, because you were talking about that uh, defense lawyers will create obstacles to this law, but you personally think it's a good idea. I personally think it's a fantastic idea, long overdue. It shouldn't be left to cops flailing and wailing in response to lawyer questions when somebody has blown two or three times over the legal limit. Remember, this isn't a he said, she said. This isn't the Me Too movement. These are people who blow two to three times over the legal limit, and there's always, because of the way the laws are drafted, going to be some reason to challenge the machine, to challenge your guest, the cop to challenge the calibration of this. This is how livings are made. And we need to step back and understand what the role of government is. And if, like me, you are a driver and you believe that you should not be sharing the roads with anybody who's beyond the limit or impaired in any way, this is, to me, the responsibility of government. And the Civil Liberties Association, with all due respect to them, trying to get up a good headline here that this is going to disproportionately affect racial minorities. First of all, there is no police force that for one second would tell you that the preponderance of people committing impaired driving are even minorities. This is not a black issue. This is not an Islamic issue. So that uh, trope, which I think is being trod out quite unfairly, has no basis in reality to impaired driving. Impaired driving is the number one charge that clogs up courtrooms all throughout Canada, certainly not involving racial minorities. And at the end of the day, I don't even know in Canada, which is no longer uh, a country where, you know, there's a majority and minority, that that argument should trump the fact that we all share the roads and we all share the responsibility to not be drinking and driving. Let's go to the phones now. I want to know what you think about this new mandatory alcohol screening. Goes into effect in a couple of weeks. Let's go to Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay. Go ahead. Hi, Jane. How are you today? Fine, thanks. What do you have to say about this? I think it's a fantastic idea. 
Uh, I'm all in favor of it. I'd just like to say something, Jane. I, I said this before, I think, to Libby. Anybody that climbs behind the wheel that is intoxicated and runs into somebody and kills somebody should be charged with premeditated murder. When they start doing things like that, the public is going to get the feeling that maybe they're serious about drinking and driving. You know, it's it's ridiculous what is allowed to go on now. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I want to get Greg Thompson to speak to that. Uh, can we go further than the mandatory alcohol screening rules coming into effect? Uh, I mean, certainly this, from our perspective, this is the most significant legislation in decades. This is an absolute game changer. Um, do we still have a long road ahead of us? Absolutely. Can we bring 08 down to 05? Still on the radar, and it's been on the radar for 30 years. <laughs> Jane, may I add to that? Yes, go ahead, yeah, Ari. Please do. I, I think Greg makes a point that I make to deaf ears because the fact that I'm a criminal defense lawyer makes me to some a traitor in my profession. I defend these cases. I know them inside and out. Let me be very clear. What is astounding to me, and Greg picked up this point, and I think it's an important one to amplify what Greg said, it is actually legal in this country to drink and drive. When I say that, people look at me like I have three heads. But it is absolutely legal to get behind the wheel of the car while you have been drinking in this country. We've arbitrarily picked 0.8 as some arbitrary scientific number. But if you look at the notorious case of Marco Muzzo, and I think everybody knows that name when I say it, he's only famous because he blasted into a family and killed three children and one father. There are thousands of Canadians right now who are drinking and driving but are lucky enough, and I emphasize lucky enough, to have not barreled into anybody or gotten caught. So when you have an issue like this that Jody Wilson-Raybould has put forward and the Trudeau government, and I criticize them till the day cows come home on other things, this is exactly the role of government because one life lost to somebody who's not gotten the message Agreed. on this and it is, to me, too many when these are more than any other crime I can think of, Jane. These are so eminently preventable Absolutely. that I just don't think that the idea of racial minorities or civil liberties or you have to be inconvenienced in your day to blow into a straw is worth any foundational argument that anybody will make because it is quite lucrative to make it. The straight talk of Ari Goldkind. I love it. I want to hear. Sorry. I know. I want to hear what you think as well. Uh, keep the calls coming. 416 360 Toll free 1 866 William in Toronto, go ahead. I think it's an infringement of civil rights because the police officer <clears throat> said he needed a reason. And the reason is going to be discretionary, and they can come up with any reason that they want. There has to be a better way. Uh, uh, this will solve a lot of problems, but it'll cause more problems uh, with, with uh, civil rights. And I'd rather see capital punishment uh, for drunk drivers and infringement of civil rights. That's how strongly I feel about it. Okay, that. William, thanks for calling in. Sar- well, I want to get the sergeant's perspective on this first. Sure. In terms of him saying that about the discretion of the officer. Well, and no, it's sure. not. It, there has to be a lawful purf- purpose for why we're stopping this person. This person may have certain beliefs, but uh, we have a, a, a job to do as well. So we're not just going to indiscriminately pull somebody over for no reason whatsoever and say, here, blow into the roadside screening device. There has to be a lawful purpose for us to stop that individual. Right, because if there isn't, Ari, that therein lies uh, the issue in the courts. 
I don't actually even see it that way, to be honest, as much as I agree with that explanation. Here, let me explain it in a different way. We're, you're, you're in Toronto, Jane. You're in Liberty Village. Listeners all over the country listening to you will know the Air Canada Centre, now the Scotiabank Arena. They'll know where the, Bel- the Montreal Canadiens play, the Vancouver Canucks. And they also know where every wedding and bar mitzvah is being held on Saturday night. And nobody would complain if there was a ride spot check outside of every Maple Leafs game where people are getting liquored up, every wedding and bar mitzvah where people are drinking from a non-cash bar. Nobody would complain about a ride spot check being set up to make sure nobody in their cars, which are potential 2,500-pound killing machines, aren't being operated by somebody who's had five drinks when they finished on the dance floor. The idea that there's anything unconstitutional about when a car is pulled over, and I'm not saying a ride check, Simply to check the validity of a license plate or something else, there shouldn't have to be a pretense. It should be clear as day. You're on the roadway, we're doing a check, blow into a straw, continue on into your day, and if you're not drunk or you haven't been drinking, you're going to be wished a good evening. And is that too big a sacrifice, given the carnage that we see on the roads with mothers against drunk driving spinning in all of their children's graves because more people drink and drive than ever before? I don't think that's too big of a price to pay when even to get my license renewed, I have to stand in a stupid line for two hours. I'm going to be inconvenienced now because I get pulled over for 30 seconds blowing into a straw. I don't think so. I want to hear from you, uh, and certainly we we are running out of time right now, but hold those thoughts until Friday when we do Free For All Friday. This is a topic that will likely come up again. Uh, Ari, thank you for your thoughts. Uh, Sergeant, uh, I'll give you a final word here, and then uh, we'll get to Greg Thompson, and then we change topics and start talking about holiday recipes. (laughs) No, I I, I believe that this is going to be good for Ontario. uh, I know there's been studies on that 50% of drivers that actually get stopped uh, at a, a spot check uh, exactly they're over the legal limit and we're not detecting that so this will put a stop to that so if you're that driver who drinks heavily and you can mask those uh, symptoms of, of impairment you need to be worried because when this comes into effect you are going to get stopped and you will have to provide a sample and you are going to fail all right and greg Yes, and back to William's comment, if you think about the uh, the concept of deterrence and why this law is so powerful, somebody getting behind the wheel knowing that they're impaired doesn't think about um, going to jail, mm-hmm. right? Or, excuse me, they don't think about hurting somebody. What they think about is getting caught. Yeah. Okay. So that's why this, this law just upped the probabilities of being caught so significantly that it will change behaviors. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Greg Thompson. Thank you. With Matt Ottawa, Sergeant Alex Cruz with Toronto Police and Toronto criminal lawyer Ari Goldkind. Thank you all for the discussion. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.